0: I'm Nicole Matthews, Corporate America Dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics. And by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews, and today is going to be a wild ride. I can tell you that right now because there are two of the industry giants. Um, looking at me on my screen and I'm just so thrilled to spend time with both of you. So um, if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, if you're part of the event industry and you've been living under a rock for the last couple of years, um, please let me give you the opportunity to meet um, two fabulous, fabulous women. So Nicole Oshiboto and Liz Lathan from Hot Docomozo and like ladies, let's just get into it and let's just dive deep into why you're so fabulous. So first of all, let's just start with just a little intro um, of who you are and maybe a little intro about HD as well. So Nicole, you want to start?
1: Sure, sure. So I'm Nicole Ashibodu. I'm the president and co founder of Hot Doki Maza, which is a crazy, fun, amazing business. Um, it's actually a verb first, which is a way of meeting, sharing, and learning. And the business end of it is these amazing, spontaneous think tanks that have just, I mean, that doesn't even do it justice on what the business has turned into. And so it's just this global pheno- phenomenon that we have a global family and movement and all the things. Um, and I'm So excited
0: to be here. I know. I love having you. I love seeing your face. And Liz, hello to you too.
2: Well, hello, Nicole. Nicole's. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Liz, and I am CEO and co-founder of Hot Doki Mazo. And Nicole and I have known each other around the industry for a while. And after going to all these events, and then my background is creating events for corporations. I was on the corporate side. And all the events that we create and go to were just very one way. They were very sit and get and you go into your dark keynote hall and then you sit in the back and do your emails. And then you try to have a conversation in the hall and you get xylophone shamed back into a breakout room because there's not enough bodies and seats. And so we were like, this sucks. We would really just like to talk to each other and not listen to that one person on stage. So we created an event that was all about talking to each other. And the spontaneous thing came from the unconference format where we find out what people want to talk about. We shortcut that whole small talk thing and we just put people together to talk. And from that has grown, as Nicole said, not just a business, but a movement of people understanding that events aren't just about the logistics, they're about the people that are there. And that's what we're anchored on.
1: Yeah, we love it's such- hugs and family style meals, and all the things.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, when you go to an HD event, it's it's unlike anything else. And I know that's that's purposeful on your on your part. Um, I remember a few years ago when Nicole first told me about the idea and the concept behind it. And I'll be totally honest, I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Like, I got to see it. I'm not really sure. And then I did. I had the great fortune of experiencing one of your first um, HDs that took place in San Diego. And then it's like, oh, light bulb, like you totally get it. And you realize that that's the piece that's missing. And and I think when you said, um, you know, people just want to have a conversation. I mean, that is the piece that really is missing. And nowadays with the internet, you can get the education kind of anywhere,
1: mm-hmm. you know, if you
0: put your mind to it, but you can't always get the conversation. And so um, I love the fact that you guys have been so um, purposeful in designing those experiences. So let's, let's talk a little bit about an HD experience. As Nicole mentioned, like you get immediately attacked with a hub. Um, It's family style meals. It's, you know, an immediate introduction to somebody else once you arrive, just so that you make that connection. So how did all of that come to be? Did you guys literally sit down and say, these are all the things we don't like about traditional industry events. And so we're going to throw that out and we're going to do the opposite. Or what was your process like in terms of creating the experience?
2: Well, those three things came out of my number one pet peeve with in-person events, which is the registration process, which is you go to some big place, you stand in line, you get handed some stuff. You then turn and look around for someone you know. If you don't see anyone, you then get on your phone to try to find out where someone is. And then you go sit in the corner all alone and try to look important because you feel lonely. And so right. what we wanted to do was eliminate that and create this welcome cafe kind of experience mm-hmm. where when people come in, you're greeted with a hug, with something welcoming and not just a line and a pointer a human arrow pointing you somewhere. It's an actual human and then when you do your name badge, it's I truly, for biz dev, you, you want to know what company are you from, what's your title, and what's your name, but that creates an event where people are constantly looking at each other's stomachs or chests to figure out if you're valuable enough to talk to. So we eliminated that. It's the first name only. No one cares who you are or where you're from. It is... A, a, p, a human personal conversation let's start there and then mm-hmm. the food there is nothing more human than breaking bread together so we start it with the family style meal when you come in we introduce you to the people that are at the table so that you start with a tribe if there's no one at the table we sit with you until more people come in so that you feel like you had something even if you don't talk to those people again mm-hmm. you got that initial kind of indoctrination into having a team a tribe a group mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's and master. i think one of the a-
1: Parts is, you know, imagine when you eliminate title and company, and we also create a no-sale zone atmosphere. So it's really great for both sides, brands, partners, anybody, because that's the rule. It's our only rule ever with the word no in it. It's really our only rule. Um, And really, people, it's like this they, they really guard that. It's not us enforcing it. They, they are absolutely like, they appreciate it. They love it. But Mm -hmm. we came to it with the spirit of, you know, imagine the conversations that you would have with somebody when you didn't care or know Mm -hmm. who they were, what they did and where they were from. Now, yes, that might come up in conversation if they choose to share it, but it kind of just really makes everybody, you know, equal from the start and doesn't give those, you know, we try to eliminate the, the awkward moments where I, even as a complete, like extrovert, extrovert, I don't like when I'm like, so, uh, I don't know anybody here, cool, you know? And so it's just like, let's eliminate that. And immediately like, ah, you know? And so when some people come in, it's hilarious because they're like, what is going on? Like a little, like taking it back. I'm like, you can take a minute. And you need to go after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a love train coming at you. Watch out. Right. You
2: know? And and I'm the introverted extrovert where I get my energy from the people, but I don't like walking into a room where I don't know people. I have a hard time just walking up and starting the conversation. But if I'm introduced or if I'm the host, then I'm no problem. So this way it's good for introverts and extroverts because we just put people together. Yeah, I think that's
0: perfect. I think I fall with you, Liz. I'm an introverted extrovert, for sure, for sure. And then uh, Nicole just handles the extrovert for uh-huh. all of us. She just, she's, sweet, just she's awesome. like, her cup Her cup runneth over, yes, with the extrovertness. <laughs> I mean, like.
1: Yeah, sometimes I, I need to learn how to read. Like, our people? I've I've become a better hug reader. You know, like is the person a hugger or are they more of like you know an, an aggressive handshake or a muscle squeeze or something like that? But I should I right. should tone it down sometimes. But luckily, we've been able to build an entire company around not having to do that. So I don't really have any restrictions either.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So um, let's very quickly, just for fun, tell it tell me something about yourselves that I wouldn't necessarily know now having known you both for a while
1: I can blow air out of these little two eye holes <laughs> 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 what do you mean Les? you didn't even know oh you just wait till we're sitting next to each other on a plane I'm gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> how, how oh, did God, you we- ever figure that out I have no idea no clue I think I like sneezed one day I was like that's weird my eyes moved like,
2: what's going on? <laughs> 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 you know? oh my god I, I, I mean good I luck good of this. yeah good luck Liz you go. if we're going yep. that route I can make vampire bangs out of my bottom lip oh yeah oh, wow Oh, wow, that's okay. but that's not where I thought this was going. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's, right. I think
1: that's our tagline. I didn't think that. I didn't think I this is this where it was top. going.
0: Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. Okay, well, that, ladies, is impressive. I'll just say I haven't ever really had those responses before, but that's what's great. Leave it to Nicole to take us
2: down a yep. on path that no one has down before. Exactly. Like, Damn. exactly. You know she is, it's like she just carries a machete and hacks down half yep. path anywhere she wants to go. Oh That's God. right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So you mentioned the unconference. So, okay, I've gotten to the HD event. I've had my hug. I've got my first name on a name tag. I'm, I'm breaking bread, but there is content that happens at all of these events. Yeah. So talk about um, that decision in terms of not creating content that was, um, cr- you know, was determined before the event, but allowing attendees to really um, do it on site. So let's walk through what that process looks like.
2: Well, having spent years and years and years being a conference and event creator, I know that the reason you create content is either to sell a product, to sell more of a product, or to help someone else sell their product. And so conferences are built and anchored around an agenda that does those things. So where do you get the opportunity to have just a conversation about something that is solving each other's problems? That's where an unconference comes in. I don't know what problem you're having or what knowledge is in your head, but I can bring you together with a whole bunch of sticky notes and Sharpie markers and say, hey, What problem have you solved that could help someone else? And what problems are you currently trying to solve? And we just crowdsource and get all that stuff and pull it out of their brains. And then from there, we take a look at these things. Now, way an Unconference works, you basically say, I shall talk about this. And you go plop it on the board, and that becomes the session. So we kind of, we didn't do it like that because not everybody gets to, it's not first come, first serve. It's this whole collaborative brainstorm experience where we then see the pattern on the wall and we go okay these people need help with this stuff these people are have solved it they should lead a session and that's how we create the agenda and now virtually we do the exact same thing we just do it with a virtual sticky note tool so people still crowdsource we still get that brainstorm experience and then we still do the patterns and create the sessions that way Yeah, yeah,
1: and I say we always say um, even just by format, and so many things fit under the kind of the idea of it's not what we add; it's what we take away that leaves room for who knows what. So when people say, "Well, what am I going to get out of this?" I'm like, "I don't know yet," you know. And so I know in the end what they'll get, but to try and explain to somebody, you know, what the ROI is as far as um, content goes is. I feel like that should be your answer of being like, this could be the best ROI ever because Mm -hmm. the problem we don't have is that people are, they're not unengaged, right? And so they're completely leaning in. We don't have people on their computer. Nobody even, I've never even seen a computer out at our events ever in three and a half years and they're not on their phone because they chose the topics it's immediately relevant to them and then they get to choose which session they go to so they might not be into everything but we also have a vote with your feet mentality where we're like dude if you're in a session you're like "Mm, got it or i didn't think it was going to go this direction or i really want to be in two you just get up and go to another one nobody gets hurt feelings Mm -hmm. um you know and it it's easy to move too because we pick really cool um, non-traditional we have a band ballrooms. We hate ballrooms. Oh my god um, <laughs> mentality where it's as ideally our most perfect venue is a mansion with all front rooms.
0: Yes. Okay. That is true. Right. That is true. Okay. So, so you guys are plugging along in your company. Things are going great. You're revolutionizing the way events are done. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And then you're like, well, that doesn't feel like that's enough for us. So last year you threw a little event called secret family reunion, which I was fortunate enough to be a part of your, your team. Um, And, That was an incredible experience. So let's talk a little bit about where that idea came from, and then what was the end result for Secret Family Reunion?
2: It came from the event you were at in San Diego. We do, at the end of our events, we do a group retrospective where we ask people to come up to the microphone or to the front of the room and tell us something they loved about the experience and something we should change the next time we do it. Because you can send out post-event surveys all day long, but nobody really cares how the chicken tasted. We want to know what happened and how we can fix it. So from that group retrospective, we got a lot of, oh my gosh, I felt like family after this event. Like within five minutes, I felt like part of the family. And so my whole thing was, well, family should have a family reunion. I mean, I feel like we're we're starting this thing. We've had our second event. We should start like this more, this larger annual thing maybe. And then Nicole was like, I've always wanted to do a secret trip where no one knows where they're going. And so hence... (laughs) secret family reunion was born, and from that little moment, we chartered a plane to a secret international location, got 80 experiential marketers to meet us in JFK with their passport packed for five days, 65 degrees, and really knowing nothing else about it, put them on a plane and took them to Tuscany for a five-day unconference spontaneous think tank experience. And what did they get out of it, Nicole? I I mean, since November, just from the business
1: alone, there's been between the attendees that did not know each other before they showed up at JFK that day, um, there's been over $2 million of business that's happened between them, right? And this is, I'm not even kidding you, there's a WhatsApp that we used for logistical purposes, like, when's the bus coming? I'm hungry, whatever, you know, or you left me here, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that's turned into this like, people have shared their kids' pictures. I, they only RFP through this group first. We didn't make any of this up. Mm-hmm. They created all of this. And that's what really, I think, is, um, is different. And it's the thing that nobody can really explain is, HP yeah. as a movement business, as a verb, as a thing, operates generally outside. Um, it's the exception. Right? It's, yep. It doesn't follow, it doesn't even fit into normal ways of doing things or coming to it. Um, and so that's just kind of how it's, what's come out of it. But now it's just, we didn't even know the amount of people that were watching this go down, right? Yeah. Like we, they weren't subscribed to our list. We had no idea like where they were coming from. And people literally had said, we got an email three months ago that says, I've been following you for two years. I've been wanting to come to one of your events. It never worked out. The secret family has literally been the thing I look forward to in my life and in my career. Like, I don't even know. It was amazing. And so yeah. that's really like what comes out of it is an immediate yes. You know, yeah. you, make, you make a phone call, anybody on that plane. We even did a rave on the plane, by the way. We but did. you, know, you answered the phone call and it's just this, all of the walls just crumbled immediately. Anything you ever need, that answer is yes. And that's what has really come out of this. And I think think
2: it's the interesting part for me was because we are so like, it's not a who you work for and what your title is and, and that kind of thing that even at the end of the event, some people still had no clue where each other worked or what they did, but they connected on such a human level that they were sending each other gifts for their kids and dogs. And then it was like at the very end, oh, wait, you do that? You actually can help me with something. And that was the last thing they connected on, not the Mm -hmm. first.
0: Yeah, what I think was amazing um, just being both a participant in it and then also supporting you all on the staff side is the, like Nicole was saying, the outcome of like community after it. I mean, so often, right, we go to our industry events, we meet a few people, we stay in touch for, you know, two weeks, and then everybody gets back to quote normal life. And what has been extraordinary is the fact that that WhatsApp group that we're all a part of, I mean, there, does, there has not been a day, I would, I would question that there has been a day, literally a day that hasn't gone by since we came back from Italy, that somebody hasn't posted in that, that um, group. And that to me says everything about what you've created, because you haven't just created great content, more importantly, you've created community. And you took a bunch of strangers threw them on a plane together. They had no idea where they were going. They have a shared experience but that only that only fulfills you for so long right the like the you still have to cultivate the relationships and that's the magic that's happened after secret family reunion is there's been so many relationships that have been cultivated because of the shared experience because of the great content because of because of because of but the end result is these remarkable relationships which at the end of the day that's where the value is right that's the currency right yeah, that's and the I currency think
1: that that's- the one thing that we're the most grateful for is and grateful for, and also puts us in this um, in the, the opportunities or the problems of an inventor kind of kind of thing where most businesses or communities, whatever they start or businesses, they start with what the product is and then they grow a community and a community forms. And sometimes they need to spur it on, but there's not many um, business models out there that started with the community and a business has formed because of it. So it's a little mm-hmm. backwards. And yeah. so um, for yeah. us to, you know, when they are like, well, what's your business model? How did this come to be? It's almost like they don't believe us. Um, you know, when we say, well, we started with, you know, what, people strive for in the end well we
2: started with that and then now we need to figure out how to catch up on the other things so i mean it took us two years to figure out what a business model should be because it was a business that came from us starting something because we saw a gap in the industry for ourselves Mm -hmm. and then people coming to us and going oh that was mind-blowing could you actually do that for our event and for our company we're like Mm maybe maybe You (laughs) pay us. We'll do it. (laughs) Pay us. Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But okay. So so many people who could be listening to this could be like, okay, well that's great. Like you have a company, and so you get to try stuff, and you know, no harm, no foul. You know, I don't get to do that. I don't get the luxury of having that in my business, or or whatever. You know, my boss would never go for that. So you guys have just really from like the ground level have just said like we're gonna draw a line in the sand. And anything we can try, we are going to. There's not going to be really, uh, uh, you know, like how do you filter the no, right? Like how do you, how do you, what, I guess what the question should be is what has ever been a no for you guys? I feel like every idea you try that, right? But that's really part of what um, HD really stands for.
2: Well, we, that is the thing that, you know, again, from the background of being in events where everything must be flawless, you have, mm-hmm. you know, N- Nicole, we were just laughing at a day. She found all these pictures from when she did the decorations at the White House. I'm like, yeah. You can't do things for events that can fail. So where do you try things? And if you have a small company, you can only test it with the other four people in your company. Well, that's not at scale. So we wanted to be that playground and have a community of people that could, would hop on with you if you have technology that you need to test, that they could bring to our events and, and people know it's in beta or know it might fail or are ready to give feedback. And those tech companies or those Organizations are ready to hear the feedback. So we want to be that playground. And that's where this whole bleeding edge ideation, we're at the front of things came from. It wasn't intended that we were going to go Mm -hmm. to trendsetters. It was intended Mm -hmm. that you could just test your stuff here and it's okay if it doesn't work. And no one is going to judge you for that. Right, right.
1: That's amazing. establishing um, a mindset, like dokimazo actually is the Greek word that means to test, to try, or to see if something is genuine. And so we always say, you know, like, what is the spirit that we're entering this with, and that that's where that's where it comes from and when it comes to like where do you draw the line with the no um I think our we always are like, well, what's the validating question? What is the question on which is a quick for us? We're like, well, maybe, so there's you know a lot of blurred lines to things where it's just it's not even blurred lines it's because I think it's just lack of boundaries because we don't have to have them and when you know that you're just running in a field and there's no fence like you can go left right somersault, cartwheel doesn't matter Mm -hmm. um but it's establishing um, a mindset and all it really is is reminding people that here's the permission right even like your book and giving them the permission to just leave they're like oh this is cool and then they're like "Ah!" and they go and they do it. <laughs> yeah, it's also
2: built on that that improv idea of yes and. And if you've ever played the improv game where one person starts a story and the next person has to catch and go, "Yeah." And then and it just keeps building and building and building. And on occasion, pieces of that story fall away and they they were there and they weren't part of it. But in the end, the story that got built and then you circle back to part of that thing that started it and now you've found what was right. And so that's mm-hmm. where our yes and the no's just fall away. The ands, it's that magnetic attraction of this is like the woo-woo of universal energy, right? That you just keep yes anding and amazing things happen.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. So if I was working in a corporate company and I wanted to apply some of the best of um, HD to my event. I mean, what I think is so amazing about you guys is you're, you always are so open with like, it's not our idea. It's everyone's idea. We want to try it. And then we want it to, you know, go out into the world. So you guys are so amazing that you don't, you know, you're not like building the fence. Right. And being like, nope, nope, that's ours. No one else can play here. Um, so how do you, how do you convince someone to have sort of an HD mindset in corporate America?
2: I don't yeah. know that you can. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they have to come to us when they're ready. And so we just have to keep putting the stuff out there. And that's, I mentioned mm-hmm. the business model. That's where we kind of finally figured out that there's the hottie, which is the the person who's intrigued by what's happening and intrigued by the experiments. And then there's the company that sees that there could be value and it could apply to their growing pipeline and reveni- revenue. So most times people come to us as a hottie, just listening, and then joining and then we give them at that point the opportunity to choose do you want us to teach you how to do it or do you want us to come in and do it for you and those are your paths if you are the hottie that's going to learn how to do it and go do it for yourself great if you are the hottie that wants to hire someone else because you don't have time for that crap great
0: yeah that's amazing
2: and the as far as we
1: definitely have a steal this mentality, right? Our goal is that we mm-hmm. change, not that we change events, because we don't change events, we change the way people think and approach events. And when they change that, they can tweak anything is take a little piece of like, okay, like we're the inspiration piece, right? We're like the Pinterest of events kind of thing is where, you know, oh, I saw this thing. And although, okay, this was maybe in an extreme dose, I could never pull it off just as is, but I do love the idea of, you know, maybe for example, our goal is that everybody adds conversation, two-way conversation that's not scripted into Mm -hmm. their event formats and structures. And so that's where, um, you know, they can pull something. And so we literally said that the only thing that they can't take is hot Dokimazo and spontaneous think tank because we trademarked it. Other than that, everything is for the taken and we hope that people take and try it and tell us how it was. And yeah. don't have to be like our biggest compliment would to say, Oh, I, I, I got this from HD. Well, great. And it's not Liz and Nicole or HD really, but we spurred their mind. Fantastic. And then it should be theirs.
0: Yeah, definitely. So
1: the, the biggest disaster to
0: me, when you have a company that's so about the hug attack and getting people in the same room is a global pandemic. (laughs) So when you actually can't all be in the same room together and loving up on each other and sharing great content, but being physically in the space together. So um, like every other event company, um, you guys have had to adjust to that. And so instead of saying, well, we'll fold until we can all hug again. I mean, you guys have gone in some really exciting um, directions. So talk a little bit about programming you've been doing um, that's been really a a product of of COVID and, and the pandemic.
2: It's. I think the timing was kind of, again, with that energy of the universe, the timing was kind of magical for what happened to us, because we had an in-person spontaneous think tank planned around South by Southwest in Austin, and it was right then that the rug got pulled out from under everybody, they canceled South by, they started talking about lockdowns and we decided okay well instead of canceling the event we're going to make it free for everyone i had used zoom and its breakout rooms before and i was like let's just try this we're all about Mazo. let's try this but we were still a little hybrid because lockdown wasn't in full effect yet so our team was in person at our event venue hotspot out in cedar park and so we had we had a big was like 80 inch monitor or something so we had the zoom going with all the people up on the giant monitor we still used our physical sticky notes and we had people do the crowdsourcing in chat and we wrote them on sticky notes and put them on the windows and so it was like this weird hybrid crazy cool model thing and it was so great because it was that moment that people had just gotten terrified and so to put them in these breakout rooms in zoom and have them talk about what they were feeling what they were going to do how they were going to get through this together they all came out like wow that's crazy awesome and so that kind of energized us to try it again and then when we went to go try it again at that time we were in lockdown so the sticky note part we found mural which is an online sticky note tool that we use and we were like okay we'll incorporate this into it and now we can do it 100 percent online and the magic behind it really turned out what well, all we do is this 3d human thing which is normally a physical 3d hug but now it's just bringing 3d humans to a 2d world through the screen And this is what people need. And then, you know, so here's what I like to say. There's this virtual event maturity model where you start, everybody started with webcast. They were like, take my event, turn it into a webcast. Quick, get Mm -hmm. your content out there. Again, it's basically a keynote, right? Sit and get. Yep. And then level two, they were like, huh, that got boring. We should do some engagement stuff. How about a bourbon tasting? And then every company on the planet offered a bourbon tasting and sent out their little kit and did all the things. And then they were like, huh, people still didn't actually talk during that. Oh, level three, conversation. Well, that's where HD squarely fits in. And so people look to us to bring the conversation into their events now. And what we try to advocate is that full balanced portfolio of an event that has some webcast content for scale, some experiential for those moments that you want to entertain and replace your field events and conversation for everything else. And so that I mean that became the thing and that'll lead us to the age of conversation thing that we're going to talk about in a few minutes but also mm-hmm. the other thing was back to secret family reunion right now Nicole and I are supposed to be site visiting all <laughs> over the world and we can't I am in my West Elm kitchen hiding my toilet <laughs> paper closet and I'm, and I'm in the, the jungle <laughs> <laughs> yes. and so from that was born just a virtual site visit so Nicole tell us about that yeah, so that's um, that was fun because,
1: like Liz says, we, we should be on airplanes right now. Well, yes, let's all, like, you know, and, um, and visiting these sites in secret, which we would never put out there, you know, and so as we were looking for, you know, looking at the timeline, like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have to decide if we have, you know, what the destination is for one multiple, we don't even know yet for next year, and how are we going to do that, and there's so many places that we want to go, and now with all of the momentum, and, um, you know, attention on Secret Family, and when's the next one, like, we can't, we have to, you know, keep, keep going forward, and so we, we Called our first destination, which was in Mayakoba, Mexico, at the Banyan Tree Mayakoba, and they did what now is unrestricted hotness, which is a fans from afar show, and they're pretty much fans that don't suck. And so how we (laughs) we reached out to we reached out to a few destinations and just lined them up for some Fridays at 11 a.m. Central Time, and that's um, you know where it kind of started. And we said you know, if you can find the answer on a website and it's whatever, and we don't want to know how many people fit in a ballroom because we don't even like ballrooms, but you know, how would Liz and I literally walk around the property? What do we say? What do we do? Like, all oh, those people are eating. Go over there and ask them like, Hey, sir, what are you eating? You know, it's like what we would do in person. And then also this piece of, we always love to get, you know, behind the scenes or like maybe sneak ourselves in somewhere. And so the, the idea of just, unrestricted access I and mean, you know you put it for hotness is is really what this is all about and so now we have Friday's booked at destinations from now through the, through November, which is amazing. Um, And it gives the destinations a chance to show things that maybe they couldn't even fit in on a fam trip. Like we went, we go around countries, like entire, like now we're in this city and we're in the city within an hour. And the people that come, event professionals are just like mental vacation or, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to see this place. Or now I'm for sure going to see this place. They also get to see how these DMCs or destinations or whoever it is how they think and who they're drawn to and then they get to connect afterwards and and we're out you know it's just it's for them and so it's been really exciting to do that Um, but again
2: from that people have watched it and then they've said okay could you do that for my company? And so now we, we coordinate virtual field trips in the middle of a conference, or what we've now called a moose adventures, a taste of something awesome, where we will customize the experience. We did one, they wanted a, a team building, they had two hours to spend. And so Nicole lined up this field trip to the Maldives. So, the Maldives, <laughs> this one was a, a recording because of the time zone. But then we went live to Hawaii, where we got a live surfing lesson on the beach with a bunch of students, and they went out into the water, and we sent these kits that had like the beach cooler and it had all the stuff so now we've created these experiences that it's not just a zoom meeting it's something you don't just sit back on mute and watch something and get a yeah. work done you're drawn into this thing and it's got either your team building purpose or if we're doing it for customers put your message through you know like be a part of it you've got a cloud message do something around airplanes let's just like yeah. subtly take you to the clouds let's do cool things Mm-hmm. Amazing, yeah. Those have been
0: so fun to to be to be a voyeur and watch those fams um, un- unrestricted hotness. Uh, They've just been amazing, and how and how through such little technology, literally, it could be. I mean, the guy who was kissing the Blarney Stone the other day, oh you know, God. it's just you know he's just got his cell phone and and a Zoom app, and like people think it needs to be harder than that, and that it doesn't. The magic was in not in the technology, but the magic was in him being at the Blarney Stone you know doing that and then throwing it to his colleague who was you know in a field with horses or sheep or you know something and so <laughs> it's like that's incredible right that's just so fun to watch and how it's i you know how it's so there's such little production to it and there's so much magic and that's the part i think that sometimes event people get so caught up in the the production of it it has to be perfect as you said earlier liz and it's like that doesn't have to be perfect you know it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to be
2: engaging people are so forgiving right now you know exactly gonna walk in and ask for homework help or the dog's gonna move the green screen or yep someone's gonna ring the doorbell so it's like this is your time
0: Exactly. So let's talk about the art of conversation. So where did this idea come from, and um, what is it? What is it looking like?
2: <laughs> it came from Nicole and I being bored, and um, not <laughs> bored, and bored, a bored a lot, because we work more than any humans I've ever seen, and my family feels that. But just that we're doing the same things. And as much as we love, 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 love our spontaneous think tanks and our moose-bouche adventures and our unrestricted hotness and all the things, we needed just a one thing to look forward to. So we we're like, well, because almost every industry event that I have gone to since March has been 95% pre-recorded or webcast with only the chat in it. And because what we anchor in is the conversation, what if we create an event that was the opposite? And it's 95% conversation? and 5% pre-recorded and things like that. So, But we don't, I mean, it's just the two of us, we don't really have enough bandwidth to throw a big event for thousands of people. So then the other thing that I saw everywhere, we've had this dream of creating what we call the career incubator, of getting someone to come in who's fresh out of college and could spend one year with us with a real salary and every quarter they work in a different part of events so that at the end of the year, they had a real paying job with real experience and they got to do all these things. We didn't have enough money to do that yet. But I was like, what if for this, we took a bunch of extremely amazing event professionals who need virtual event experience because they got furloughed, or they got laid off, or they just need to build their, their agency and they don't know how to get hired without the experience. And we go, come in with us. We'll charge 20 bucks for the tickets. You'll get each person that comes on. You guys get 5% of our overall so that you have a commitment to this and you're getting paid for it. Your resume now says you were part of a virtual event. You were paid to be part of it. And we create something amazing because you guys are awesome. And so boof. Now we have this thing we have over a hundred hours of live conversation planned we've created eight I think different like tracks and the tracks are anchored on we so we went back to a simpler time back when you could talk back when conversation was more important than content and so we took this retro theme so everything is this 90s theme with the friends the one where so that's what all the topics are based on and the tracks are like the dial-up disco or Central perk or happens shift happens. And Nicole's working on the unicorns and rainbows track, which is our one where we push that is our bleeding edge, push the experimental boundaries of what could happen. But even having a couple of sessions that are audio only, because as much as I love looking at you people all day long, I'm tired of looking at people all day long and I just want to make a sandwich. Nice. To hear it.
0: So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That is really, it's fun. And I think what you've done in terms of bringing in, um, the The planners to give them experience. I mean, you're all creating an event without a roadmap, really. You know, I mean, and that's the fun piece, right? But what a gift you've given to the to the industry to say, again, here's the playground, here's where you get to try, here's where you get to add this to your resume. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. That's not, you know, that that mindset doesn't isn't translating across yeah. the industry yet and and how wonderful it would be if that was really how, you know, how everybody thought. So thank you for being so generous.
2: but
1: we, we even said, I mean, that's, we're like, ah, that's still not cool enough. People are like, what? You're bringing, like, what? And so I was like, well, we're into transparency. What if we literally open the doors and just say, you want to watch this happen? So we live stream on YouTube all of our planning meetings. Anybody can get access to our planning doc anytime. It's it's just amazing. And so people can go back, you know, rewatch it in the future. There's even two people that told us that they had a slumber party and watched our planning <laughs> meetings for fun. Like that's cooler mm-hmm. than Netflix. I like mm-hmm. that. That was so fun. I mean, so it's just amazing because we just really want people to see like, it's not all unicorns and rainbows all the time, but right. sometimes it is. And how do we push them? And just even watching the evolution of people being like, oh, okay, cool, so we can think like this, okay, and getting excited, and then jumping in and doing something
2: amazing, it's just right. been awesome. That's yeah.
0: unbelievable, that's unbelievable. And like Nicole
2: likes to say, you, if you're looking for a box to fit in, well, we're a scratch and snow, so, like, <laughs> it's not even a shape, it's a whole new thing, yep. so, that was the best part, I think, was at the very beginning, over those first two weeks of this, our planning team is insanely awesome, and they are all, like, Logistics focused, like they're gurus in events. And Nicole's like, da, 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 da. you know how you know how Nicole's uh, ideas yeah. go, right? And they're like, no, but what about this? She's like, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> <was> like that's <laughs> so not. It took like a week, maybe two weeks, for them to realize that they didn't have to stay in that box and that they yeah. could grab the sticker and smell it. <laughs> and it was, it's turned out, like beyond my wildest dreams, the people that yeah. attracted to this event.
0: It is. It's been fun to watch and I can't wait. I've got my ticket and I can't wait to be a part of it because it's just going to be, again, something that's unlike anything we've seen before. And, um, and just the fact that it was such a collaborative effort um, as part of the industry as a learning opportunity is just, that's super cool, right? That, pl- that plays to the teacher in me.
2: Well, that's our core ethos. You know, so one thing we didn't talk about is so what we, we kind of have uncovered over the last year. It's the five C's of Hot Dokimazo. And that first C is care. You genuinely have to care about the experience, the people, the participants, and the folks you're working with. And that shows through every event that we do. And then the second C is to collaborate and then co-create. So it's not just get ideas from each other, but then create it together and change it. And yes, and with each other. And then of course, conversation. So conversing is one is the fourth very core. That's what this is all anchored in. And then Mm -hmm. what comes naturally from that, the thing that we can't control, but it's where the magic is, is connect. And people through that process, they connect with each other and then they go off and do magical things together. And so that's what this event is. And that's what everything we do is.
0: Yeah. So, in the spirit of the um, the theme of the podcast being the big ask, let's talk a little bit about when either you individually or collectively, as 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 a company, have had to make a big ask, and what was your process for that, and what was the outcome. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with one. As our um, our big ask was when um, that seemed to change the tra- trajectory of of HD was when we went to our CEO of all of hot companies Jeff Haynes, who's amazing and acquired us you know from a company we had a long time ago, and now we have grown this hot companies and hot family. And when we went to him out of the blue, and I was like so we're going to charter a 737. And, um, you know, here's how much it is at first. He was like, (laughs) like what? And I, we knew he would be like, he never says no right? He's pause, you know, just a slight, slight pause. And so then, you know, he actually jumps on and he's like, okay, well we can figure it out like this. And so he's definitely like, he's our yes man, which is so great as far as the vision and believing in us. And so I think that was the big ask that changed a lot of things for us because that was a physical manifestation of, are you kidding me? We just did this. Now, mind you, we're still today a startup. And so to spend that much, to put everything on the line and literally cannonball. And I mean, it's not cheap, you know, so financially it was a huge risk for us, but we were all in because if we can see it, there's nothing you can probably put in our way. So I think that was the big ask for, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that's great. I I think asking is my hardest thing. That's that's probably my weakness. I can't I don't ever really successfully verbalize that I need help so any ask is a big ask for me. But I'm always you know that whole Gary V jab 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 right hook yep. well, I, just, I keep jabbing and I never go back to the right hook because I feel guilty about it so what I need to do is listen to all of your podcasts about how to ask <laughs> help and how to ask for things.
0: well I would I would beg to differ because I think that what you guys are doing constantly as a company is asking and and not asking from the taking but asking in terms of the joining, right? So you're not asking all the time to be like, here, buy this ticket and, you know, pay my rent for me. And, you know, you're not doing that kind of thing. Your asks are, here's an idea, come along for the ride with me, right? You're asking the industry to trust you. You're asking the industry to think bigger than it has ever thought before, to try new things. And so I, I, I think that you, I don't know that you, you are recognizing the impact that you're having by your subtle asks. And sometimes they're huge asks. I mean, to ask people to show up in New York City and not know where they're about to go, you know, give you money, give you a, a fair amount of money and say, hey, meet me in New York City and I'm not gonna tell you where you're gonna go on this chartered plane that Jeff said yes to. I mean that's a huge ask. Okay, right? well if that's... we're
2: going down those kinds of asks, we yeah, have plenty yeah. of those. So yeah, then then my big ask is to challenge convention and to don't let not don't let the system tell you something isn't possible. So I Mm -hmm. I worked at these fortune 50 companies where the system is designed to not permit you to do things. And the majority of the people that work there go, well, then I guess we can't do it. But Mm -hmm. it's like water, water can get anywhere. It was the the grand Canyon was built by water. And it wasn't because water said, all right, I'll go this way. It's because water said, well, if I keep going this way, something's going to happen. Yep. and so that's what we're asking people to do, and that's challenge convention, and, and just try a different way. Okay, so there was a wall there. We'll go find a way where there isn't a wall. Mm-hmm. No, that's but so true. Don't be illegal or immoral or unethical. Yeah, right <laughs> all lady. of that stuff.
0: <laughs> all of that stuff. So beyond the age of conversation, what else is in your pipeline? I know there's something at least that you're you're dreaming and scheming over. So we've. Uh, the potential of secret family reunion next year as long as the world cooperates and and we can open up. So some version of SFR um, next year, but what else is, or what's in your, like, we'd love to try, or we have this idea sort of bucket if you're willing to share.
2: Well, we just had this conversation yesterday. How long are we to share some, but I would say, so the the next thing, which we have been talking about for a while, and this was the in-person version that now we need to figure out if it's um, virtual or not, but, it's so we can only scale so far with the two of us being hired in to go do things. So we know that our biggest way to contribute conversation to people's events is teach other people how to run conversations mm-hmm. at their events. And so we were going to in this year have what we called Happy Camp, which is like a boot camp to get people to come in and see how to have this energy, how to run these think tanks, how to do these things. That didn't happen. Things changed a bit. So now we're thinking that maybe the next step is really how do you run a virtual spontaneous think tank to inject conversation to your event. We're already running classes on how to run round tables in zoom, which is not the spontaneous part, but it's more of mm-hmm. the logistics. How do you do mm-hmm. this? So we want to bring people along to that one. And then once we get to hug again next year, then we kind of upgrade those people that have gone through this training class for the virtual one to become the in-person ones. And that's how we scale and take over the world with hugs. Yeah. I yes. love it.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. You guys are like, there's too much fun. I don't even know where we can go from here. That would not be just like the most fun. So thank you both so much for, for your time. And I always end every, um, podcast episode with rapid fire questions. And so you're my first duo. So we're just going to bounce like back and forth here. Um, but it's the first thing that comes to your mind, not intended to be, you know, you're not, Saving the world with your answer, right? Just whatever literally comes to your mind. There are no right or wrong answers, and there is no judgment. So, giving that, okay? Here we go. So, for both of you, title of your lifetime movie:
1: Hot Mess Express. Hot <laughs> Mess Express.
2: H-A-U-T-E. H-A-U-T-E. Okay. Uh huh. Um, oh, wow. I don't. I don't. Give me some lifetime movie title examples. I don't know what kind of movies they do. Are well, they the cry kind?
0: Well, yeah, or it just could be like your sort of motto or theme for your life or. Um, Liz's would be, hold my purse. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, F it, let's try it. <laughs> Good. Okay, that's perfect. No judgment. Okay. Um, so if you could change places with any celebrity right this
1: minute, who would it be? Richard Branson. Yep.
2: I mean there's no surprise there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why am I so horrible at rapid fire questions? These are like deep thought for me. You, I know, you,
0: you're putting way too much pressure on yourself. I
1: know. I'm
0: usually but a little misinformed. You are. This is this is Tay-Lione. surprising me.
2: What did you say, Nicole? Tao Is that her name? Tailoni. <laughs> yes, that's me, the Secretary of State. Um, yeah. <sighs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. You can no, so been, do you know what my problem is? It's because I can't think of any celebrities because I'm so not in the celebrity world that it's that word that I'm anchoring it, on. It could be a politician.
0: It could be yeah. a historian. It could be all the things. Doesn't matter. Okay. Celebrity to you. Um,
2: okay. We're going to skip me? it. We're going to skip. We're going to skip. Because like literally my mind is blank. I can't even see anyone's face right now. That's
0: okay. Don't worry. All right. When do you feel happiest?
2: Hugging. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Around a bunch of people that want to just go with the flow. People that are excited to try something. Okay. Perfect. Uh, if you
0: were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? Puddle puddles for everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i so
1: good at this. <laughs> <laughs> the things that bang around in my head—they're real close to the mouth, so they just come out. Know. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: Liz, are you ready for politics? Come on! I don't know. Really? I Oh don't my know. God, Liz, you are the worst at this. This
2: is this is. I've like, never had this. This is okay. like I'm stage fright. What is happening? All right, listen. Not I'm going to just. All. I'm
0: going to come up with something. Yes, and okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's a Mm -hmm. good one. That should be the name of your lifetime movie. Yes. And
2: yes, that's for the effort. Let's try it.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yes. And. Okay. So, you know, jump in if you want to Liz, but here's the next question. (laughs)
2: They're bouncing
0: around all in my head. Okay. My
2: first thought was a car for everyone, but how useless is that? No one's leaving their house. So why would that come into my head? I don't know.
0: I don't know either. Okay. Ultimate dinner party, which four guests do you invite and why? Real living dead character cartoon character doesn't matter.
2: Mhm. Bill Clinton, Elon Musk, Richard Branson and Nicole. <sighs> oh,
1: that's
0: so good. You got invited. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um I would say these three ladies and Leah. Oh, uh, yeah. you can go bigger you. than this. Here's no, for real. Like who would have more fun? But I mean, there's nobody else that we could add, you know, add in for more fun. I wouldn't, you know, any dinner party. And then I'd save Richard Branson for later. Okay, perfect. I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, so now I
2: have, I have my politician one. I'm going to untax wine.
0: I like so it. There you go. Good idea. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We vote for you. Okay. okay. Right this minute, you have to get a tattoo.
2: Mm. What do you get and Why? Yeah, well, I was going to get a yellow rose on my, on my breast, but my mom told me I'm shaped like her and it would eventually become a long stem rose. So I've been rethinking what my thoughts should be. Yeah. <laughs> is that a gonna... yellow rose of Texas? <laughs> yeah. My, my party answer is bear
1: claw on my boob, but not that one. So I would do <laughs> a pineapple outline on my wrist. I love it. Yep. Pink pineapple, Miss Pink Pineapple.
0: Okay. Biggest pet peeve in business.
2: Boring. Bad sales pitches that don't want to know what I do before
0: pitching me. Great. Okay. What is your wish for the next generation?
2: Mm.
1: Listen first. I don't know how to do that. So I
2: hope. they. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that they could get to the 40 year old mindset when they're 20, because you don't yeah. hit that comfort with yourself until you get to 40. And I know that's why life is built the way it's built, but my God, how much better would this world be if you were 40 comfortable at 20?
0: Yep. Amazing. That's a great answer. When does your light shine the brightest?
1: I think when we're standing back, and this could be at an HD or any any moment, but we've built our life around it, and everybody is super, I always get goosebumps, everybody's super engaged with each other, they're laughing, they're listening intently, they care, and they could care less mm-hmm. who's there with them. Great. Great.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, with in an event world, for me, it's that retrospective moment where I, I want them to give me truly real constructive feedback. And all I hear is amazing, positive, how awesome things were. And I hate that moment because I want something useful, but I love that moment because it's so rewarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's very true. I was going to make a funny joke about Italy, but we'll leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. What, what is your big ask, either personal or professional right this moment? And how can we help you?
2: My big ask, my big ask is invest $20 in yourself and us <laughs> and come join us on September 9th for Age of Conversation Summit. And that is a huge ask for me because for HD, we normally, we're at a, we're a small, intimate, 100-person event kind of group. And so we're always marketing to the same people for these 100 people to come. And then we always get these 100 people. But this is a 2,000-person event and we've never pushed that high, that hard, that far before. And it's terrifying. And we're at about 150 people now and we want to see 2000 so that's my big ask we've never done it before Ah. you guys that's amazing
1: (laughs) yeah what about you Nicole that my big ask is kind of is building on that that I would love to have somebody come to us and bring an actual crazy idea but be open to us or an idea they're just like there's no way we can do this and just give us the chance to talk it through not even for us but to see them be able to like make it happen because that moment is like you can never go back from that moment they'll never think again actually we can't do it because that's a mind shift change and I love to be a part of that and just and it and it's about them, and I—I I just love that. So I want people to bring us their crazy ideas. You can send us an email or text or call us anytime. time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would be surprised that a lot of people do. But I'm surprised more don't. So we'll yes. always answer. Yes, very good. And by well, the way, I
2: don't know what's happening, but literally the only celebrity I can think of is John Krasinski. I cannot see you can like. I cannot think of any great celebrities. <laughs> See the, Would you like me to send you these questions and then you could percolate on these for the rest of the day? No, I just have someone to tell me who celebrities are these days because the only thing I watch is my computer screen from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. Right. And I don't right. know who exists in the world anymore. I know. Is, anyone, is Betty White still alive? Please tell me. Betty White is still alive. alive. We're okay. still so good. Yeah. And so is Ruth wanna be Bader her. Ginsburg.
0: I want Ruth be Bader Ginsburg and Betty White, we got to keep you, <laughs> you. Both of you have got to keep on the track right? We, we got to keep you time alive. Time. Whoever's responsibility it is to have them in the bubble today, you know, don't forget to feed and water because <laughs> we've got to keep them alive. Thank you very much. So, okay. Well, you two literally are the two hardest working women in the industry. You are the most uh, visionary. And what I love about both of you is that you are the first to try anything. And for that, I am honored to be your friend. I'm honored to stand in your shadow sometime times as you are, as I'm watching you to make magic. um, I'm fortunate that there are times when I get to join you as part of the team. And most importantly, um, it's just sunshine that you bring to my life. And I'm forever grateful for that. So thank you for everything you're doing for the industry to make the world a better place. The fact that we all need to hug more. And most importantly, thanks for saying yes to the big ass podcast. So you guys have been great. Thank you so much, Thank and good you. luck with your I'm event. Hugging
1: my microphone. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ask Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends, and be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ask Podcast.
2: Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask.